Uh, welcome back to another episode of Back Bar Presents Bass and Dance. Today we have CJ, one half of Tofu Shop, and Ava. Is there an intro? More intro to that? Back Bar's drum and bass fairy. Oof, okay, okay, I like that, I like that. So I'm a resident DJ at the Back Bar, um, and I mix mostly drum and bass, like liquid, minimal, dance floor. That's kind of my vibe. Oh, yeah. I've seen you. Uh, Clothes play a little little bit heavy as well, didn't you, last week? Yes. First ever closing set? First ever closing. I was so scared. But how did you do? I actually think I did quite well. Like, when I came off the stage, I was like to everyone, I was like, guys, guess what? And they're like, what? I was like, I've never broken a sweat before, like DJing. Yeah. And my whole back is sweating. And they were just like, yeah. There's a fan under uh, beside the DJ booth, isn't there? There is. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, actually, no, the fan broke. I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah I was like, it's pretty sweaty up there. Yeah, because I think um, there was one week where, I think it was like the beginning of our set, we started smelling like burnt plastic or some shit like that. <laughs> and then we were wondering what it was. I thought we thought it was the smoke machine, but then we realized, oh, shit, it's the fan. <laughs> it's the fan. But yeah, um, do you have any? did you have any good reactions to certain songs that you play? Honestly, it just went so fast that, like, I can't remember. But um, there's that song, that, like, remix song by Hedex, and it's, like, Move Your Body. I know Hedex, but I don't know that one. Like, um, Sing it, sing it. Go on, go on, sing it, sing it. Go that on. one, it's like... Move your body. Well, there we go, there we go. <laughs> I, like, dropped that song with um, Unleashed by... Tantrum Desire. Oh, yeah. And I don't know that one either, just FYI. It's all right. I, I won't sing that one because, I mean, if anyone wants to know, they can look it up on Spotify. Ooh. But, um, yeah, no, that was cool. And everyone, like, kind of went off. And then I went into dubstep at the very end. And did I got, you? Yeah, I did. For, like 15 minutes. Because you had an hour set, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. That was scary. And then you went into dubstep for 15 minutes. That is actually very commendable, to be honest. And because I know how hardcore of a DMV fan you are. Yeah, I know. It was hard for me. I was like, mm, do I do it? I'm having so much fun playing drum and bass. And then I was just like, nah. And then I went into it. And then, yeah, I got like a really good crowd reaction from it. So that was cool, especially because the gig was a drum and bass gig. So obviously the people that paid to come in wanted to hear drum and bass. Yeah. So the fact that they gave, like, a good reaction to the dubstep, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that la- last week was, um, I think it was uh, Kara and Grey, right? Yes. Yeah, I got I got airdropped a beam by uh, Grey at house. Oh, my goodness, really? Yeah. He, was, he was airdropping everyone. Yeah. Did you not get it? No, I, d- I don't think I had my phone on. Oh. But, no, nah, he's a really nice person, and Kara as well. Oh, oh, yeah, lovely. they were so cool. Um, yeah, so uh, how long have you been uh, DJing, Eva? Um, so I started DJing over the first lockdown because, you know, you just have nothing to do. So you go, oh, I'm going to teach myself how to DJ. Ah, uh, you're one of those lockdown DJs, huh? Yeah, I'm a lockdown DJ. Oh, uh, yeah? So, yeah, I'd say it's about probably like one and a half years now, just over a year. Has it been that long? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. You used to work at um, Back Bar as a bartender as well, right? Yes, mixing drinks, now mixing tunes. Damn, bro. Do you like the change? 
is it better on the other side of the bar? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I feel like when you're behind the bar, you just want to get up there and be doing that. So it's kind of cool that I'm able to do that now. What made you want to uh, start DJing, Eva? When I was kind of like 18, all my friends were older than me. So we they would always be going to raves. And then when I turned 18, they started inviting me to them. And there'd always be like someone on the decks at pre's. And I'd always be just like watching them like, oh, that looks really, really fun. Like, I want to do that. And I'd be like, can I have a turn? And they'd be like, no, you won't know how to do it. So I was like, okay, that just makes me want to do it. So I was like, no, nah, I'm determined. I'm going to teach myself how to do it. When, um, did you end up uh, getting your own like controller, like your own equipment, or did you start on someone else's? Did you finally find someone that would let you on their decks? Uh, I didn't actually. Yeah, I kind of just took the matter into my own hands. Um, and I started using Serato as well, just like a Serato controller. So that was very interesting when I made the switch over to Rekordbox about a year ago. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of admin, doesn't it, when you make the switch? It was oh. a lot of admin, yes. A lot of reorganizing, especially when you start building like a whole library of songs, and then all of a sudden you got to switch the software. Yeah. And then just to come to realize that, oh, you have to reorganize everything into like Rekordbox uh, filing system, because if I recall correctly, Serato has a different like way of organizing songs with like crates instead of like yeah, playlists. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you buy that? Did you buy did you buy Serato or does it come with your controller? Um so it came with my controller. Oh yeah. yeah. Sorry, just a bit of context. So Serato and Recordbox are basically the software that runs on the DJ equipment. So yeah, that's a just a little bit of context. And normally controllers would be there there are some controllers that would run on Serato, which if you organize your um if you, if you organize your library in Serato, it doesn't really translate into Recordbox. So when you switch your uh, switch a software, you have to you have to basically reorganize everything again. So uh, yeah, I remember. I don't I don't miss that. To be honest, I really don't miss that. I've heard stories about um, people updating their Recordbox and then their entire library gets fucked. Yeah, like the songs. Uh, there was a case where I heard from uh, one of my friends that when they up, up, updated the software, the grids were like move away while they're DJing from Way. the actual waveform. So if I, like, update my record box, everything's going to go I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but it's just stories that I've heard. Oh, so because of all these stories that I've heard, I kind of just haven't upgraded it. My, my, I think my record box version was, like, 2000, from 2020 maybe or 18. Yeah, mine, like, every time I go on it, it's like, you need to update. And I'm like, I yeah, yeah, can't yeah. be bothered. Yeah, and it's like, because of, because of that, I for some reason, like, I my library doesn't read keys. Oh. Yeah. So the doubles that I guess I do, I think why YJ would have your, your YJ would have his uh, keys enabled, I think. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. Now, for me, on the other hand, I would just like I would I would have a few songs in my head, like um the ones that I normally like throwing into other songs is um Magic Carpet by Bo Bo Bo. Yes, B -O -E. and I heard you play that on the weekend, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I swapped the drop out. Uh, I swapped the drop for Out in the Streets. Is it Out in the Streets? They call it murder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I swapped that into um the Magic uh, Carpet drop. But yeah, so normally I would have like a song like that in my head for a week. And then yeah. every DMB song that I listen to, I'll be like, can I throw this on top of it? Can I throw this on top of it? So every time, like if I have a song stuck in my head, that's how I find my doubles. 
You do actually do this because a bit of context, everybody. When we were on our way to Mardi Gras in the car, I was like playing my resonant spotlight mix on like my car radio so everyone could like listen to it and kind of like critique it. And CJ's just sitting in the back like singing out doubles on top of my doubles that are already in the mix and he's like oh this song would go well with these two songs like this would be a good triple oh this would be a good double just sitting in the back like singing but yeah that's (laughs) that's normally my process of finding doubles and the thing is because i always do them spontaneously i don't remember what goes well with what so it's always it's just a it's just a mess to be honest i don't I don't really like because I know some people like they sort their doubles into like specific playlists, so it's just easier for them to double when they want to. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm I'm not like that. Trust the process, the double process. Yeah. What would you say your um, inspiration was recently? Like, what what have you been listening to and stuff like that? I feel like originally my inspiration was kind of people like Friction, Dimension, like those kind of more commercial dance floor DJs that everyone kind of knows. And then I started listening to Coven because, like, Coven's this big female DJ vocalist. Like, she's just my idol at the moment. Um, love her stuff, love her dubstep stuff as well. But, yeah, recently I've kind of been getting into more kind of, like, underground artists that aren't really as big. Like, I guess, like, Alchemist, like, Goddard. Those kinds of people that, like, you hear, but they kind of have, like, one song that everyone knows and then all the rest is kind of just, like, cool stuff that no one's heard before. Oh, yeah. I thought, isn't, isn't Goddard pretty pretty um, big? Because uh, I know that he has a song, like, um, Nicotine, was it called? And Go. Yeah, yeah. That one's um, that one's uh, one of my favorite songs, I'd say, from him. Yeah. Would you want to tell us what Dance Floor DMB is? I feel like... In simpler terms, to kind of explain it so everyone understands, dance floor drum and bass is kind of like, by definition, like Wilkinson, Subfocus, like Dimension, like it's all that stuff that's like really easy to dance to, like has kind of like, I mean not all the time, but has like a lot of lyrics to it as well. And it's, like, not super, super heavy, so it's not, like, neuro and all that kind of stuff. But it's kind of just stuff that even if you don't know drum and bass, you can still just dance to it easily. Oh, yeah? Like, my, my, my I guess my understanding is more so it's just DMB, but with melodies in them and a lot of vocals. Yeah, like, it's kind of like drum and bass that you would put on the radio. So, like... Drum and bass isn't really on the radio, but then, like, Lee Matthews' Takeover is on the radio because, like, everyone knows that song, and I would say that song's, like, dance floor drum and bass. Oh, yeah. The more um, widely accepted drum and bass, I guess. Radio-friendly DMB. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. I could have sworn, like, I've heard um, DMB on radio, but um, I just wasn't sure, like, what, what I guess, what subgenre it is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, um, I know... Was, is it ZM, I think? We have been playing, like, uh, Ludes' song? Like, the Big City Life? Yes, see, perfect example, dance floor, drum and bass. Is that dance floor? Yeah, I'd say okay, so. Okay, okay, okay. Um, do you, do you have a lot of, um? have you been playing this genre a lot? Not really, actually, because I feel like it's quite a good genre to play when you're kind of playing at, like, peak time. Because it's kind of like the genre that everyone knows or, like, doesn't really know, but, like, they've heard it before. Like, I feel like 
dance floor drum and bass is kind of like mainstream drum and bass. Yeah, so I guess it's just like, even if you don't know the song, it's really easy to just, I guess, get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Do you reckon there's a huge change in terms of um, how how what you liked before you, um, say, w- when you started DJing and what you're playing now? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, like, I was just, like, really into all the dance floor, kind of heavy dance floor stuff. And it wasn't until I started getting put on, like, the lineups for gigs and... I was like in opening slot times that I kind of started listening to like minimal and like rollers and all those kind like liquid rollers, all those kinds of like deep, dark and dirty vibes that I never would have listened to like a year ago. And now they're probably like my my favourite kind of like drum and bass to listen to. Oh, yeah. I I think I agree with you on the rollers one. What about uh, in terms of like trends? Do you notice like what the crowd ones has changed over over the past like few years when you know since DMBS uh, popped off? I think it has to an extent. Um, like obviously, there's songs like "Desire" by Sub Focus that will still go off no matter like where you are because those songs are just like so big. And then like Afterglow, but I feel like popularity of drum and bass is kind of going more towards like those kind of weird sounds like I don't really know how to explain it but kind of like neuro like I guess jump up and then like obviously like rollers and like heavy minimal oh yeah um I think yeah I think that tends to happen doesn't it it's like when you especially with like when you when you start with um when you know with like how the dance floor sound what you say like with desire and everything with how it started <clears throat> there, there was a time I remember, like um, even Outback and like Backbar and you know even House, they were all playing the same thing. You kind of can't differentiate what is underground anymore because DMB was so new. The whole scene just kind of seemed like it was underground, so everyone was playing it. But that normally happens with uh, like genres when they get too popular. Like people will just start you know finding stuff they like within that genre. Like they'll be like YJ that loves rollers and CJ that loves rollers, and they'll be like TK that that loves rollers. I think what I'm saying is people end up going to rollers if you like DMB is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. And like anyone can be in the crowd and you drop a roller. Gun fingers, like it just works. Rollers are fucking cool. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I think that deserves a sound effect. Hold up. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it was a joke, by the way. <laughs> Not everyone likes rollers. It was just the most annoying subgenre there is. A roller, if you don't know what that is, it's uh, it's one of those DMB songs that has those um, big folk horns that goes like, uh, bum. so that's that's um, that's that's a look it up, look it up, rollers, man. Magic carpet by Bo. Hell yeah, that's one of my favorite songs up till today, unironically. Uh, yeah, going to going back to what you were saying before, um, in terms of like how you notice the crowd change, uh, the crowd has been wanting sounds that are weird in terms of like instead of the I guess more melodic stuff do you reckon they go into like the more um I don't know how to put this um the best way I can describe it is uh the more dubstepy sound yeah it's <laughs> almost like drum and bass like on crack that's how I would explain it you know yeah because I I noticed like for um like the heavier in the heavier end of DMB to me to be honest it just sounds like um 174 BPM um, dubstep to me, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, like, um, I know a lot of, like, 
um, so I've heard how uh, people describe neuro, uh, neuro these days. And when I started, uh, when I come across neuro, it was more like those um, vowel-y sounds, like the stuff like that. Yeah. That is what I categorize as neuro. And then these days, it seems like it's so like different what people think neuro, uh, what people uh, categorize as neuro. Yeah. And yeah, that's just amazing, man. Like, because I've been telling YJ, um, like when when DMB started uh, being popular, and I guess we when we had to, well, I don't want to say have to play it, but when we um, when we have to play it, um, I was digging through like my DMB that I found from like 2014, and it actually held up pretty well. Like you can't really tell like if it's from that era, even if you play it in like 2021. But I reckon like recently after hearing so many like people started playing DMB, it's just like it it finally started changing the sound a little bit to me yeah. anyway as an outsider, and yeah. So by the way, I don't regard myself as like a, I'm not I'm I, I won't say, like I play DMB, but I won't say I'm like part of the DMB <laughs> scene. I don't wanna I don't wanna overstep that. So it's purely from an outsider's pers- uh, perspective. That's why we have Ava here today. But uh, yeah, um, uh, do, do you uh, do you was your was your first set at Bagbar like your first proper set? Um, no, so actually, I kind of just got thrown in the deep end and opened for Hybrid Minds at the factory. Oh right, right, right. Oh yo, not nah, that is true. I, oh ac- yo, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. Carry on, carry on. First time using CDJs <laughs> as well, so I was quite scared. Um, and it was also my first time having to play like a fully liquid set because obviously hybrid minds are liquid DJs, so you kind of have to open with very chill liquid. And I was just like, "What's liquid?" <laughs> <laughs> so, so wait, you did you have you ever um, used CDJs at all before before that before um, before the the hybrid minds gig? Um, so I'd had one practice session for like half an hour. And then that's it. And then you yeah. <laughs> just straight up on stage with like a, a genre that you're not even that familiar with. Yeah. And I had to switch over to record box like that week. Like I had seven days to do it. Oh my God. And you have to find all the songs within the genre yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh my God. Did you remember how you do that? Did you, how, do you remember how um, you, you built, uh, sorry, did you remember how you built uh, a playlist that quick? Um. I don't know, usually I just go through like Spotify and I just like listen to heaps of playlists, like I'll just search up liquid drum and bass and then like listen through heaps of playlists and if I like a song I'll like add it to a playlist and then I'll kind of categorise them by genre. Oh yeah, actually not going to lie, that is how I do it as well. If I am in a pinch and I really need to build a whole um, playlist for like a like a set that I, like a, for a genre that I have no like no knowledge of, that is normally how I do it as well. YouTube does help as well. So, uh, yeah, tips, big tips. Yeah. yeah. So uh, do you remember how many people were, were at your uh, first set? Uh, just like all of my mates, yeah. It was quite a bit, right? <laughs> were your parents there for that one? Nah, so they couldn't come to that one, but, like, literally, like, all of my mates just, like, rallied around me, and it was so cool because, like, everyone that was in the crowd I knew because I was obviously playing, like, early... And, like, no one knew who I was because it was my first time playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, they, like, so many people came to, like, watch me and support me and it was just, like, so wholesome. So, like, very memorable. 
It's always nice to have friends that come to your first gigs. Eh? Yeah. It's probably it probably is uh may, may probably makes you less nervous when you uh when you kind of know like majority of the crowd. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does help, yeah. doesn't it? Um speaking of which, um so what is your um first DMV song that you heard? Well, I didn't actually know what drum and bass was. Um I think I was 17 and I was at Sound Splash and this was the year that Maggie G was at Sound Splash. Wait, hold up, hold up. Is, is Sound Splash an all ages gig or? Yes, so I had like my youth ticket, my 17 ah, right. year old. Don't worry, I didn't. Sleep okay, I was going to say, I was going to say, God damn. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, yeah, and anyways, so me and my friends were like, who's Maggie G? I don't know, but he's headlining, let's go watch him. Pulls tour out, we're like, holy, like this, this is cool. Like Mackie G tour. Yeah. Uh, if 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 you guys don't know that song, def- definitely check out check out that song because I feel like that song basically. Would you say it kind of laid out um the the foundation for the for the scene today in New Zealand? Yeah, I feel like well, for me personally, like everyone kind of like my age and around that time, yeah. that song kind of pioneered our like whole obsession with drum and bass like that song was heard and then every single house party you went to drum and bass drum and bass drum and bass oh my god like bangers and mash <laughs> yeah I, I really think that song kind of built the whole foundation for for new zealand dmb to be honest yeah i mean like i probably wouldn't still listen to it did you know fun fact afterglow is eight years old that's like that oh, wait, wait, wait. I think that deserves a sound effect. Hold up. Jeez. Carry on. That means that that would have came out when I was like, wait, hold on, let's do some math here. 21, take away 8. 13. Whoa. Yeah. That came out when I was 13 yeah. and it's still being played now. Notice it said a lot of people like, um, I think Afterglow was it with Wilkinson? Yes. I noticed a lot of people swapped the dropout for something else. Like they would still play the intro, uh, the intro, the intro, but I think, um, yeah, I really like those ones because you think they're gonna go mainstream, and then all of a sudden they just swap the drop and it'll be like a filthy ass roller. Yeah, mm. and I think that's why they do it as well because, like, obviously not everyone's gonna know the drop, but like everyone knows the build up to Afterglow, so everyone's singing along, and then when they throw that other drop in there, everyone's just like, oh. Yeah, I think I think like. Yeah, sing sing along definitely helps you win the crowd over. Sometimes yeah, it's not gonna yeah. lie. Even even if like man, me and YJ would play, we 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 tend to like throw in some I guess pop stuff in there as well. Good like, for you. Yeah, like um, Olivia Rodrigo. Oh yeah, that I if I ever like if if I'm ever in the DMB temple, that is one of the songs that I'll always play because it does go into a roller as well. The edit that I have. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, even with like um non-dmb ones we 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 still play like there's um there's the edit by i think nitty gritty was it um he has uh the work the asap folk work yeah there we go yeah yeah that one and then it would be like uh kesha's tick tick tock over it i think don't stop making drop oh my gosh yes i know this i know we played it a lot but uh, yeah, so I yeah, th- I, I think sometimes like despite how underground I guess people people want to play, but um, 
it's definitely easier once you win the crowd over with like some pop stuff and then once you have them over your side you can just go however however like whatever direction you want i guess yeah yeah that's my experience anyway over the past our experience anyway over the past few years that we've um been doing this we know you started off with like um wilkinson and i guess sigma and Mm. sub focus yeah do you still listen to them much um yes but like i don't play their music because to me it's just like very mainstream very generic and i try to kind of like i'll still put their songs into my sets here and there but i try to stay away from sounding like everyone else you know Uh, yeah yeah. So, so would you say you're not like other djs well, I try not to be. <laughs> I mean, that's the goal, isn't it? No, I agree, I agree. Um, <laughs> so when's your uh, next set, Ava? Um, so the next set that I am playing is a girls' night at Back Bar. So we have KLP, a house DJ, headlining Back Bar. So that's going to be really, really fun. Um, it's also going to be a multi-genre night because we have Jess Rhodes, the D&B pocket rocket from oh, Auckland, yeah? and Nick Timms, who's like the goat of party music. Oh, yeah. One of the OGs for Back Bar as well. Yes, another OG. And then me and then Henry and Faze on support. So it's going to be a great night, that one. Do you know what you're going to play? Probably drum and bass. I am not surprised. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, to wrap things up, Ava, do you want to shout your uh, own... S- where, where can people find you on uh, social media? Um, so I mainly just use Instagram. So my Instagram is avadj.nz. Um, and my SoundCloud is avadj underscore nz. So there you go. Damn, that switch up right there. And once again, as per usual, if you want to follow Backbar at... The back bar and Z on Instagram and uh, tofu shop underscore delivery on Instagram, uh, and we'll see you next time. Hi, YJ. We have a new soundboard now with our own stuff. Huh? <laughs> Oh right, yeah. YJ can't hear it because we have headphones on. We don't have an don't have a speaker output. So, well, you yeah, nice. Uh, anyway. Anyways. <laughs> Whoa. Did you know? Fun fact: Afterglow is eight years old. That's like that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think that deserves a sound effect. Hold up. Carry on. That means that that would have came out when I was like, wait, hold on, let's do some math here. 21, take away 8. 13. Whoa. Yeah. That came out when I was 13 and it's still being played now.